think that'll be a good uh, thing uh, to uh, talk about. It, does everybody have something to make notes on? Some little jot down things so you can make sure that you get off some details together because I think it's going to be important for you to uh, be able to. Miss Kendra, you need, we have some little teeny notebooks that fit in your purse. You want one of those? Okay, Miss Wanda, there's some on the shelf in there in the bookstore. And here's a pen for her. What, these are my fabulous pens. Everybody loves these. They're like a gel. You want to give it to her there, Miss Ingrid? Yeah. They're gel ink pens. And I say that because I usually buy the crappiest pens. I'll ask, I'll ask people, like the girls in the office at Cleveland, I'll say, how do you like them pens? They look at me funny. I say, yeah, right. Everybody's laughing at me. Right. I got some for you. So now everybody's raving over the gel pen. So praise God. But they do. I like them too. And I'm not fussy about stuff like that. But I do like them. So all right. Well, Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to hear your word. Thank you, Lord. Your mercy endures forever. You have health, healing. You have everything for us. It's already. The seed is already in us. It's abiding in us right now. And so, Father, we thank you that you have provided all things that pertain to life and godliness. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. He is the righteous one. We thank you, Lord, for opportunity now to increase our faith. Always, whenever we get in contact with you, it's an opportunity to increase our faith in you. Every encounter is a deposit in our spirit. So we thank you for that, Lord. We bless you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. So I thought I'd talk today about the fact that you can be healed at any time. There is no time specification for you to be healed. The reason for that is that healing was taken care of in the atonement so it's already bought and paid for Um, there is no work that you have to do to convince God to heal you he's already decided that you are healed as far as heaven is concerned you're healed you have to get yourself in agreement with heaven that's what it's all about healing uh, when you receive healing from God you come into agreement with what heaven says and so the fact that you have symptoms in your body makes no difference in what God thinks so it he's not changed his mind the fact that you 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 know you feel pain or you know to take take pills or you have a diagnosis a natural diagnosis has nothing to do with the fact that God <clears throat> God says you're healed and what he says you must believe now you'll see people say crazy things like well God has the last word well what is that word You need to know in your heart what he says about you and you have to believe it and you have to say it. So there's some components there that convince God that we agree with him. So you have to come up to God's standard of understanding and you have to be obedient to what God tells you to do in order to receive what you have. So what we have from God in our covenant has already been granted to us. It's already given. 
so you don't have to keep asking, keep asking, keep asking. I think sometimes we do that because we're not quite convinced that it's ours. And so the way that you convince yourself is not to keep asking God for something that's already given, but you have to believe it. You must believe it. And so there are different degrees of faith. You know that from the word. Jesus would say, O ye of little faith. Or he would say, Great is your faith. Amen. And so we need to understand that there's something that happens in us that allows our faith to grow. Or it causes our faith to remain at a a lower level. Or sometimes your faith can just totally leave for something if you don't feed it. You know, I mean, just like anything else that you're given, if you don't want it, you won't have it anymore. And that is not to say that you don't want your healing. It's not to say that you don't want good things from God. But if you would take the time to feed your faith and not feed your fear or feed your your diagnosis or feed your symptoms you know that kind of stuff use that energy to increase your faith and to feed your faith and those things will will your faith will increase and then what you desire from god can be given to you at any time there's no set time it's not like you know people say things well i'm confessing the word but i know it's going to take a long time you don't know that you don't know that See, I've been in meetings where there are people who are sinners sitting on the front row and they sit there and they listen to every word and get up and get leave crutches behind and you know, walk out of there and get up out of wheelchair. You understand what I'm saying? So there's a what's wrong with it? How did they get it so fast? I think sometimes what 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 we do as believers works against us. We kind of kind of take for granted Sometimes the things of God, we can sit under the word and it just goes right by where we're supposed to be grabbing on to every word of God. So it's your attention. It's not how often you listen, how often you confess, but it's your attention that you give to the things of God that makes all the difference in the world. It's an attention thing. Proverbs 4, if you want to turn there first. Verses 20 through 22. And these are some of the key scriptures. I always use this one. Every healing school I'll use this Proverbs for. Because this is really where we get the authority to use the word for what we need for healing. It says uh, 20. Proverbs 20. Wait a minute, Proverbs 4. I'm in the wrong. 4.20. Sorry about that. 4 starting in verse 20. It says, My son, attend unto my words. Incline your ear. In other words, stretch your neck out to hear. Yeah, you know, see, when I I'm standing here preaching, I see all kind of different levels of interest. <laughs> Everything from stretching the neck to watching the watch to going to sleep. You understand what I'm saying? You can clear that up by a prayer to God. You know, if you know the devil tries to put you to sleep every time you get under the word, just ask God to help you with that. 
It used to happen when I was a new Christian. It seemed like I would just wait till the end of the day because I wanted to read my Bible while I was relaxed, which is not smart. Because once you're relaxed, you go right to sleep. You don't get as much out of it. You know, uh, you know, you do everything else. You watch TV for eight straight hours or you listen to goofy music for half the day. And then at the end of the day, you want to relax and hear oh, the word of God. You got me? So we got to cut that out. You, you want God to move. Now see, it's different when you really, really want something. Many times when we're... Uh, we've got symptoms or, or or been diagnosed with some sickness if it's not real hurting real bad we can go along real passively so you have to watch yourself in those situations it's like you when you when your bills are all paid and you see you have a little extra money you're just dying you always find something to spend that on you just it just burns it my mother used to say burn a hole in your pocket uh, you just can't wait to get out there and throw that away doing something uh, instead of just letting it stay there and get your mind on something else. You don't have to <laughs> do that. <laughs> People talk about disposable income. I've never had such a thing. I don't have no income I can dispose of. You know, it all has a use and a purpose, especially if, if you talk to God about those things. So. It's always good to stay attentive to what God is saying. So he says, attend to my words. Pay attention. Give it your full attention. Uh, why? Because it pays off. It'll pay off. If you don't pay attention to the word enough, you'll never know if it pays off. That's the way it is with things related to faith. If you don't step out there in faith and make up your mind to do it, you'll never know if it works or not. Because you'll never know from what somebody else says. Now you can hear a testimony, you can be inspired, but you won't have upfront and personal knowledge about that. And that's what we all want. We say we want anyway. So I'm trying to convince you that there is a tried and true method to receive the things of God that you desire. So he says, incline your ear to my sayings. That means stretch out to let God know that you're paying attention. You know, when you say incline my ear, that means you just pull your ear out real, real big, <laughs> you know, and listen to that. Let them not depart from your eyes. That means you got to read your word every day. You got to put your eyeballs on them scriptures. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. In other words, you look at it often enough. You think about it often enough. That's how most of us get in our trouble. Uh huh. Lusting after things. Well, he said, let the word be your lust. Lust after the word of God. And he said, and it will start getting in your heart. And that's where you want it. You want the word in your heart. Because you can listen over and over and over again and be convinced of anything. You find that with people who don't even want to believe something. Is that That's how we got people overdosing on drugs. They got involved with stuff. Somebody told them it was wrong all their life. And then another source comes along and tells them it's going to be fun. You don't get addicted. Oh, you don't believe that. Just take it. Just try it. Huh? 
and they get convinced to do what they think is one time and they're hooked for a lifetime pretty soon they're stealing from loved ones getting thrown out the house and all that kind of stuff because they used to believe one thing then they got convinced of something else it's the same thing with God's word you can be convinced you're sick and sit under the word and are convinced that you are healed you can and every time you put that word in your ear it's healing you now people want to see a miracle as this happened all at once that, 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 that back up don't be no thief you got to believe this See, if it were all instant, it wouldn't be faith. It would be magic. Even when you come to the altar and get healed, it's not instant. There's something that's been deposited in you that makes you believe. And it tells you, well, well I'm going to wait till I get to church and get prayer and this thing is going to leave me. It's what the, this one, the one with the issue of blood did. So you have faith resident within you. And that faith is looking for an opportunity to connect with the anointing so you can be healed. I'm going to say it again. You have a resident faith in you that is looking for an opportunity to connect with the anointing so that you can be healed. It's the anointing that does the work. It destroys the yoke that's holding uh, you hostage to symptoms. It does all that stuff. And so the reason God tells us to meditate on the word, it says they are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. So listening to the word heals you. You can sum it up like that. Hearing the word heals you. Hiding it in your heart heals you. Meditating on it heals you. All these things heal you and cause you to make the decision to open your heart to receive the word of God and not and quit refusing it. How are we refusing it? Well, if you look at your symptoms and then you look at the word and you put more faith in your symptoms than you do. Now don't shout me down. Y'all need to write that down because everybody got stuck right there and just added, Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, you're guilty. Like everybody else that does it, you're guilty. You don't know anything about the supernatural, you're guilty. You just believe what you know, like everybody else does. But we want what God has because we don't like the cards we've been dealt in the natural, right? So you got to go along with God's way of getting it. It's going to be a new thing to you. Remember gospel good news? A lot of stuff is new to us in the things of God. Don't try to fake it like you know it already. Just accept the fact, well, God, this will open the door. See, I like new things from God because it lets me know I'm not hopeless. There's hope for me. Oh, here's something else God gave me to understand. There is hope for me yet. Or many times it will be reiterating what you know, but you've gone kind of uh, um, maybe passive on it. You're not going after it. You think you've done that already and it's not working. That's the first thing you want to say. And so when we see that, we know that we have, have, have to hold on to what we are given, whether we see evidence of it or not. You know, little girls will play dolls and play house and stuff like that, holding on to the hope that one day they will be a real wife or a real mother. 
And so we do the same thing with our faith. And we continue to feed it, feed it, feed it, feed it, feed it. Every day feed it more of what makes it strong. Keep feeding it the word of God. And so he says, put away from you the forward mouth. That's part of your healing too. And I think sometimes, now I'm guilty of not stressing this as much as I should, but I see it is a problem for people. When it says, put away from you a froward mouth, and that's a mouth of uh, um, perverseness or twisting God's word or not accepting God's word. Or saying this will happen but it will take this or it will take that. or You know what I'm saying. Some kind of human reasoning. Or confessing what you see and what you feel. Everybody's guilty on that. Huh? Because we'll focus more. See our, our souls are made to focus more on negative things than they are. The word of God just because of where we come from we're born in iniquity shaped in sin we're being transformed as believers and it's a process and so as the transformation process starts to take shape you have to look at this and say now what am I saying that's against the word of God I got to put that away it just says put it away from you and put it far from you that means that at the first sign of pain what do you grab see if you've got the forward mouth close to you you'll grab oh I don't feel good oh I'm sick I can't do this I better not try that you it says put that far from you so it's not so easy to grab how do you put it far from you by grabbing the word first I'm healed. Devil, I don't care what it feels like. I'm still healed. I don't care what you try to convince me of. I'm healed. You can't come and take that away from me. I'm healed. See? You tell him that at least six or seven or ten times. And see if that thing don't move. See, you're putting perverseness lies natural far from you so it's not so easy for you to grab every time you feel something the other thing you have to do is start meditating outside of your little physical body you know your little your little your little you god will take care of you you don't have to keep taking care of yourself now some people are they feel they pulse every five minutes oh lord have mercy what's that i feel something what's that what's that what's that you're healed that's what that is see and you're going to have to learn how to fight if you you fight for everything else Uh, you can't beat some people (laughs) they get on the internet and go to 15 websites until they get what they're looking for you understand what i'm saying but yet we'll just accept the devil's symptoms and and confess toward that uh-huh. And want to sit around, hold your hand for 15 minutes, or take your pulse, or call the doctor, or make another appointment, or just based on a symptom. See, what did you? What happened to you? I felt something. It's the truth, huh? Felt something. 
see Miss Kendra can tell you how that feeling life will do for you because there's a whole building of folks over there with nothing but feelings waiting for somebody to come in and relieve them from what those feelings have caused to manifest in their life. See there's no pill coming that can help many of them. There's no therapy coming that can help many of them. So their only hope is that something supernatural outside of what they know will come and rescue them. Well here we are sitting over here with the things of God and we trying to get like that. See? Just believe in the natural. Going along with the natural. Whereas years ago many of us used to go after the word first and wouldn't take anything. Wouldn't take no for an answer. But see the devil started fighting you back a little harder. He started getting things to look uh, doom and gloom. And then you just went for that instead of digging in like a bull. And just digging your your heels in and standing and say, I'm not sick. I'm not going to take it. I have a covenant with God. It says I'm healed. I am healed in spite of what it looks like. In spite of how I feel. In spite of what the devil's throwing at me. I am healed. You're healed by decree. You're healed by God said. And that should be enough for you. See, That should be enough for you. That God said. But see, you don't give yourself a chance to let God help you if you don't continue to confess the word and meditate on the word. You got to do that. You got to put all the little little aids away, little crutches, little helps, little stuff. You know, put that stuff away and stay in the word. What happens is many times we we get in the word long enough to get a little relief. And then when the symptoms come back again, then we don't know what to do. We'll go back to the same word. <laughs> Only thing is that word hasn't changed. You have. You left it. It didn't leave you. Huh? You left your faith in God. Just got distracted by natural things. So we have to stay focused on what God says. Amen. So if you'll turn to Mark chapter 4, I'll show you what the word says about healing and how it happens. And if you look at the preaching of Jesus, you look at the preaching of the disciples, you will see the same pattern. So God doesn't vary from his established pattern. He, he follows through on what he says. This is the same covenant, uh, the same provision as far as the word healing you. It's the same provision that the uh, Israelites had when they came out of the wilderness. Remember he brought them out of Egypt with silver and gold and there was not one feeble person among them. So that's the foundation of God's covenant is to bring you into health and to wealth. Based on what you believe. See it's there for you. And you believe according to what you think, what you say. And what you act on. That shows what you believe. And so you can't go above that. You can't get around this. God's not going to make an exception for you. Because it's so hard for you. Not to just come out and say you're sick all the time. You know what I'm saying. Or whine all the time. Or whatever you do. He, he's not going to make an exception for you. This word is provided for you. To help you. Like it's provided for everybody. Amen. No exceptions. So Mark chapter 4. And don't think that your your case is different. That's the first thing the devil will tell you. 
Well, they don't understand your situation. I hear that so much at at the altar. I tell people, so all you need to do is just focus on. Well, you see, you don't understand. See, let me tell you. No, don't tell me nothing else. I have heard enough. I know what's happening here. You're going to try to convince me you're sick and you're coming up to the altar to get healed. Huh? So we're not going to turn on each other like that. You're going to listen to the word of the Lord and obey God's word. So you tell people the same thing over and over again and they're shocked. Because they think there's something different. The first thing the devil wants you to think is to make you think your case is so exceptional. Nobody else has what I have. Nobody else has been through what I've been through. Yeah, but the answer still was the same. It's found at the foot of the cross. It's called the shed blood of Jesus Christ. That heals you from all unrighteousness. Sickness is unrighteousness, folks. It did not come from God. And it's not God's plan for you. So that blood cleanses you from sickness. It cleanses you from depression. It cleanses you from oppression. It cleanses you from bondage and addictions and all of those. It cleanses you. So in Mark chapter 4 and verse 10 we'll start there. This is Jesus teaching, you know, some of his teachings. Uh, the disciples would always follow him and they could ask questions. That's you. You are not a multitude person. You are a disciple. If you're born again, you are a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. You have to consider yourself that. So whatever the disciples were privy to and subject to, that's what you are privy to and subject to. So always see yourself in that way. So they go after a general teaching and they go and follow him and ask him questions. You need to do that when you go home. Don't just wait to get out of church so you can go hang one on. Whatever that is. You know, put your feet up, look at some more television. Um, you know, whatever people do. It's a distraction. You should be able to follow up. On what you just heard to some degree. See this is why people in you know you go your your traditional church. People can't wait to get in the, the car so they can talk about what the pastor taught wrong. And them nails are hers and you know all this kind of stuff. And you know I wish she'd lose some weight. She keep talking about it. Don't lose none. You know <laughs> that kind of stuff. And so we get in there. We have roast pastor instead of sharing what we just heard in an edifying way see that's what a disciple does you get more out of your church experience by taking it with you than leaving it at the door or being anxious to get out so you could go do something else you understand what i'm saying because god the devil follows you everywhere you go to put symptoms on you and to wreak havoc on your life. So you gotta you gotta double up. You gotta let God follow you and begin to query, begin to ask on the inside of you, God, I wanna really believe this healing thing. I wish I could get it faster, but give me the patience. Let me rest in, in patience and hope, but help me to get this in me so that I can begin to fight the enemy I can fight off symptoms I can have confidence 
that I am healed and these symptoms will leave me. When you're confident, they'll leave. Amen. When you're converted. So he said to them, they asked, the twelve asked him about this parable. He said to them, unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom. So that's your, that's your given. God is granting you to know the mystery. So you're not going to stay in the dark forever. The things that are puzzling to you will never be puzzling again. Because it's given to you to know the mysteries. Those who inquire and those who delve and those who meditate. The disciples. It's, it's, it's open to you. There's nothing God knows that you can't know. So if there's something that's keeping you from going forward in God, he'll tell you what that is. He'll help you to get to where you need to be. So there's nothing being hidden from you. All these things are done in parables. So for people, he said, you're given to know the mysteries of the kingdom, but to those who are without, these things are in parables. So it's not going to make sense to a lot of sinners sometimes what God has shown you. It just won't. People who are outside of the covenant, they don't have the faith to believe. And many of people who just want a superficial understanding. You know, people won't go to church, you know, pay a little bit, go home, dress real nice, say they go, oh, I got belong to brother so-and-so, a bishop so-and-so, and so-and-so, and so-and-so. They're outside because they're not following the Lord and delving into what these things mean. And he says, for this reason, that seeing they may see and not perceive. That means they can sit and watch a miracle and don't have a clue how it happened, what God did. It just goes by them. Hearing they may hear and not understand. And you can tell somebody 15 times what a scripture means and they don't get it. That's not you. If you, if you respond like that, then you need to go to God and say, God, show me how I'm missing it. I want to get this. Because it's for me to get it. Amen. It's for all disciples to get this. It's not above your pay grade. It's not over your head. It's not reserved for people who have been saved X number of years. It's not like that. It's for you. Anytime you want to reach out for it. That seeing they may see and not perceive. Hearing they may hear and not understand. So you see there's a, a, a seeing and a perception Seeing is physical. Perceiving is spiritual. So what he's saying is these people can only operate on a natural level. They can see things but they don't have a clue what they just saw. Now listen we've all been like that. You see a miracle perform and you don't know how it happens. And then you go somewhere and try and repeat it. And you go through the motions of doing what you think you saw done and it doesn't happen. I did that. Listen, I was I was so desperate to to see people healed in my early walk with God. I would try and figure out what movements Jesus made in certain things and try and duplicate that. Well, after I did it one or two times and nothing happened, I realized there's something more to this. So I decided to ask God to help me to understand these things. And in understanding, you'll get the results. Amen. And he says, in hearing, they may hear, not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. At 
any time. Now in Matthew chapter 13, he explains it a little bit differently. 13, where is it? 15, I think. Yeah, here he goes. He says, verse 13, he says, I speak to them in parables because seeing they see not, hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And then in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah which says, By hearing you shall hear and shall not understand, seeing you shall see and not perceive, for these people's heart is waxed gross, or it's turned hard against me. See, when you're convinced your case is different, and that you know, Pastor Bar, she don't understand. See, she she don't know what what. Blah, 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 nah, ah, ah, ah. You keep doing that, your heart will be so hard you won't be able to get what's right there in front of you. So what you've got to do is make up your mind that you're going to accept the word, even though everything in you is fighting it. Now, know how many people have not been like that. I've been like that. I learned how to just receive the word. Like right now, there are some things that I know I could do better if I'd focus on the word about it. And then something in your your mind says, "Well, it don't take all that. I mean, come on, you just get up and do it." Well, I don't think that's true, or I'd have done it already. See what I'm saying? So we can all have these little arguments within ourselves that lead to nowhere so you got to say God show me where in the word I need to be to get this thing resolved because I'm tired of dealing with it huh? tired of dealing with it and just get it taken care of so praise God so anyway uh, he says um, he says this people's heart is wax gross their ears are dull of hearing their eyes they have closed no, oh, you, you you just ain't right about that. I, I know what's going on in my life. Hmm? Lest at any time they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their heart, and be converted, and I will heal them. See, the problem with why we don't get our healing right away is right here. See with your eyes, hear with your ears, understand with your heart, be converted. You see why you got to listen to the word so much and so often? That's a big job. Your soul has to be converted from thinking about symptoms and giving them power to thinking about being healed and ignoring the symptoms. see faith is not saying well I've been saying the word and then want prayer for it see what's happened is you've transferred your faith into the the prayer aspect or the coming to the altar aspect pretty soon that's not going to work for you because you can get healed off that word yourself but you got to put the time in and see, we want a shortcut. And then what happens is you start coming to the altar and then you go back to before you sit down, the pain's back again. God's telling you, you better get in that word. You want this thing to leave? You better get in the word and it will leave. It says it right here. This word is health or medicine to all of your flesh. 
But what will stand in the way of it is your soul. So there are two healing aspects with the word. Number one, your soul has to be healed. And then because your spirit, there's nothing wrong with your spirit. Your soul has to be healed and quit fighting you for that word. In other words, your spirit man must take over now and convince your soul that he's wrong. Your soul has to give up telling you that those symptoms mean something. And your spirit has to now take over and convince your soul to shut up and quit saying what it's saying and quit lying to you. And pretty soon your soul will get more and more quiet and it will quit fighting you for attention. But you gotta, you got to do this. You can't take my word for this and just go say, okay, well, I know it will happen. No, you got to put it to work for you. you got to put it to work. When we say put a word away the throw-word mouth, what does that mean? Quit confessing what you feel. I haven't heard an amen that I like yet. <laughs> See? You see what I'm saying? See, people don't want, your soul doesn't want to receive this. And see what it's doing, it's blocking your spirit from saying yes to it. The more amen you can do the word, the more the word follows you when you get home. Which is where you need it the most. You see what I'm saying? So it's amen whether you agree with it or not. Huh? Amen means you're receiving it for yourself. Means so be it. I receive that, Lord. I want that. See, and if you don't, if you don't respond to the word appropriately, it won't follow you when you get home. Your symptoms will follow you. See, and so many times we we resist the word even when it's coming forth and don't even realize we're resisting the word because we can't say yes to it because we want to be right. She don't understand. This is real. The doctors told me I got 15 doctors to tell me that I got this sickness. Now what's she talking about? Huh? I'm talking about what God says about you. You're here to find out what God says about you. And if you're going to receive this, you're going to have to quit speaking both ways. You've got to make a decision to go one way. You can't say both. You can't be sick Monday and then when it really gets intolerable you start grabbing a word and you want to be healed on one day. You've got to say you're healed all the time. It's like I remember when I was ministering to somebody that had really had a really bad uh, experience. Their husband had left them. And I told them, I said, well you're just going to have to confess that you forgive him even though you're hurt. You don't think he deserves it? I said, which I'm not going to even tell you why that doesn't make sense. We can't go into that right now. But for right now, let's just take God at his word and say if you confess, he will forgive. He will make things right. And so you can start saying by faith the things that you want to see happen even though you don't feel like that's the right thing to do the same thing with healing 
you can confess that you're well even though all these symptoms are screaming at you and telling you don't say it you're lying that's make believe you're in denial all that stuff the devil will tell you but you're going to have to learn how to say the word anyway because that word is what you want to see happen you want to see it come to pass you don't want to see more sickness come to pass and you don't want to see that sickness linger because it can get worse and so you've got to start fighting it is a battle folks it's not like you can just sit around passively and and wait for something good to happen and you know lull yourself into a sense of false well-being when you're not using the word so the word says you must be converted and then you're healed it has to take place like that so there's something that has to happen in your soul that flips over and accepts the fact that you're healed and resists symptoms you got to accept the fact that you're healed and resist the symptoms when you resist symptoms that can go anywhere from telling them to leave you alone binding sickness binding pain binding whatever you need to bind or you can do the Kenneth Hagin method and that is ask God for your healing and believe you received your healing when you prayed and then go about daily confessing that every time you think about how that feels or maybe there's pain or you want to check it out or I wonder what's making it like that I wonder why it's not better I want to believe I received my healing when I prayed and don't let your mind go there this is not mind control this is ministry where you are ministering the word of God to your own soul to convince your carnal man that he can't live in your body anymore you let that carnal man live and he'll take you on out of here you're convincing your carnal bible says reckon yourselves dead to sin sin is anything that transgresses god's law you say you're sick when he's healed you you're transgressing you got me you can't do that you've got to line up we're here to learn how to line up with God we're not here to learn how to stay like we are and, and give ourselves excuses for it you gotta, but you've got to be a fighter man you can't I mean you just can't live any kind of way and expect to get the benefits of God you have to live heaven's way so you have to say things like heaven says them you've got to believe like heaven believes and you got to say what you believe so when you say you're sick you've got more faith in your natural situation than you have in God's word you gave yourself away you can't say no no I believe the word well why don't you say that then why don't you say you're healed See? and so when we grab on to those things you know you can sit up you just be thinking of nothing one minute and then all of a sudden start thinking about oh yeah that hurts oh yeah that's not yeah well yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. and so that idleness is fertile ground you know what I'm saying for the enemy to come in the the word of God is active and alive so when your soul is alive to the word of God there's no way for for symptoms and thoughts of symptoms and fears of 
what's going to happen if I don't get this and if it don't happen soon enough and blah, blah, blah. quit putting pressure on your spirit man to do nothing you know what I'm saying your carnal man wants to take over everything and so you've got to you've got to agree with heaven and that means say what heaven says think like heaven thinks and respond the way heaven responds I see many people start fighting this like oh I can't say this I, I didn't tell you that I tell you I told put away put it away far away put it far away which means if it's the first thing that pops in your mind you got to get something else first in your mind don't you so that's putting it away it's not we're not talking about well, I can't say this I can't say that that doesn't help you that's your flesh trying to control your flesh what you want is your spirit to take over and so you got to get in the word you must meditate on the word that's the way you put away from you the forward mouth or the bad confession or the natural confession that speaks to the natural and gives natural power whatever you say will manifest at some point and so you've got to say what God says if you want God's results. Now that just goes without saying. So there's power. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. You've got to decide if you want life, you've got to speak life. I'm healed. I don't care what the devil says. I am healed. Hmm? The devil will try to condemn you. Well, what about this? And what's not? I don't think, what about it, devil? You can't heal me. in fact you take it back right now I'm giving it right back to you but I am healed period and don't wonder about it you know we wonder too much I wonder why why it doesn't sound right I don't care you're going to say it one day and it will sound right see one day you'll say it and it will sound right that's when you're converted and that once it sounds starts sounding right to you your manifestation is not far away but as long as it's sounding wrong and you let your flesh correct your spirit and tell your spirit to shut up and your flesh knows what's going on huh the doctor said and the this and the that <laughs> x-ray said and this and that I like that testimony of the lady that that, uh, got healed. She had this big growth on her throat. I know we've told this before. And she would give her testimony. And uh, she she was convinced. She was converted. And so she would tell people how much she'd been healed. And then she noticed people were behind her back making fun of her. And so she heard that and she said, she said, well, Lord, she said, I keep telling them I'm healed, but they don't believe me. She said, could you take this away so they'll believe me? And it just disappeared like that. You got me? But see, in her spirit, she was satisfied that she was healed in spite. And we got to get like that. In spite of what you see on the outside, you got to be satisfied in your inner that you're healed. And don't get that forward put far away from you that confession that says you're sick or you don't feel good or you can't do this or you can't do that or you you got to fight this stuff and fight to maintain who you are 
and what God has done in you. What you're saying is that the blood of Jesus didn't take care of that. There's something bigger than his blood. That's what you're saying. That's a forward mouth. It's perverse. It's crooked. It lies. See, You can't say that about the atonement. Because he took care of everything. Now you can't say that and be right with God. He'll put you under conviction for it. You understand what I'm saying? So you'll start feeling like, well, what's the matter with me? And uh, My prayers don't get answered. You better put away from you that nonsense. Quit saying it. That's what the, my husband and I, he had sense enough to do that. And he wasn't even saved. You know, I mean, he's one of those. I, I tell people, I say, you know, the word of God is very true. It says our unbelieving spouses, it doesn't say they're not saved. It says they're sanctified by the word of prayer by your salvation and so what that means is that they are set apart to agree with God and to obey God until they're convinced to give their life to Christ but but as long as there's peace in your relationship God will keep you together until that person comes in and makes their own confession I'm a witness to that I've seen that so much you can't convince me these people come to me well he wasn't getting saved and he was working against me and I just couldn't live there because you full of hell you understand what I'm saying you've got to take responsibility for some of this nonsense Isn't that? you can't dump it all on the unbeliever all the time you know, how are they going to get saved if you don't go the extra mile and start obeying God? They see some God in you sometimes. And I remember he would, he would always tell me when we first were married and he was, he was making plans, his career plans. You know, some of these people got, they got down on a schedule. And, uh, and he was taught that, you know, he's, seminars and stuff they go to with the job and get your five-year plan for your progress in your job and he did every single one of them now a lot about year probably about the first or second year I got saved and so I was telling him he would ask me why do you pray so much you always on the phone praying with see this is what the devil tries to make it like a criticism but if you're smart, you realize they won't end on it. Huh? It's a curiosity. See, if you get yourself out of the way, don't get so offended by everything all the time. You get wise. You start learning stuff. And so it became a curiosity to him. And I said, well, I said, if there's ever anything you want to pray about that you really want, I said, I'll agree with you. You know, real matter of fact. See, you don't beg people to let God help them. Let's have a little sense about things here. You're not... Because listen, God's going to take care of me in spite of him anyway. So it's kind of, I ain't scared for myself. Like if he don't agree with me, we don't go nowhere. Don't get stupid. You have a covenant with God. and God, If you believe, God will give it to you. You let them stand in your way, he'll not give it to you. But any, we give the devil too much power. And we give these re, little scared spouses, resistant people, give them too much power. And so God let me know that I could, we could, he and I could agree on anything that God wanted to do. We could agree on and God would do it. And so many times he would come to me. He said, well, you know, um, 
my boss spoke to me and said he's considering me for this promotion I said well we'll pray and we'll agree with it and he would put his head down he wouldn't say let me do all the praying which was cool with me and so but he was agreeing he wasn't fighting you got me he was agreeing with me you don't have to say a whole lot when you agree just don't stand in the way got me and so like clockwork he kept his five-year plan then he did another five-year plan another five-year plan and God continued to promote him I remember God would change the company policy to bless him he said the one time he was telling me he said you know what he said we were thinking you know some of the managers he said all of the managers get bonuses except my department and he said what they do he said in factories they feel like people who do it just administrative and not production work are not entitled to bonuses and they don't give them it's, with them people is pushing steel if you ain't pushing steel you know you ain't part of things you people who are just in offices pushing paper you don't get nothing it's the steel pushers that get everything and so he told me he said you know i'm a manager just like they are and I have the same level of responsibility. He said, I think we should get him. You know, next and end of that year, he had a bonus like the rest of those managers did. So, uh, listen, God will move mountains. Agreement is very powerful. Don't fight your spouse on on anything, because you can always find a place of agreement. You can agree with a rattlesnake. Uh, is don't bite me, okay? And if they say, okay, <laughs> keep your fangs in at all times. If they say, okay, it's a go. Amen. And so, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. You know, you don't have to be fearful about God sees you as one person. Quit fighting each other so much. Being in opposition to everything. Once you start striving, that's hard to put down. Because see, both people think they're right all the time. Problem when both of you are wrong if you're in strife if it puts you in strife you're both wrong so you got to let go of your end of the rope and quit pulling and tugging so much and let God heal that and so once you come into agreement for things you can do it it was a I remember a testimony I heard many years ago this girl she preaches for Norval Hayes Elaine is her name she's a prophetess and um, I remember her saying that she had been to the doctor and there was a lump in her breast she was a young woman and she's like in her 30s she had a couple kids and she said that she was telling her husband about it and he let her talk and he let her express what she needed to say and he said now listen Elaine he said from this day forward we speak no more about this tumor he said we're going to bind this thing up and we're going to agree that you are healed and wait for God to man. And we're going to stay in the word on this every day and thank God for your healing. And in like a week it was gone. Never by this. She's, she's like up in her 60s I know. At least now she's about Zona's age. What Zona would have been. And, and, and Elaine's is healthy. Never had another reoccurrence of it. But that taught her the power of an agreeing husband and wife 
That's why agreement's so powerful. God said, if you agree, you can ask me anything. You keep fighting, you don't get anything. It's like two dogs scrapping over a bone. You know what I'm saying? You'll you'll tear each other up, and that bone will still be there. See? So you can't do that. You can't be one person over here and the other person over there. Get together on the word. You don't have to be right and they wrong. Just get together on the word. What do you want from God? Then you agree you're going to do that and put away from you the complaining and the natural and the this and the that. And I can't do this. I wish I was this and I wish I was a little. Listen, I wish I was Miss America. But that job is filled. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) So you can't, you know, come on now. There's enough in the word, promise wise, you don't have to spend your time wishing and lamenting. And just grow up and be who you're supposed to be now. Got me? Be you now. Every day, be you. That's wonderful. That's good enough for God. Being you is fine with him. So when 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 God works with us, he converts us. That word will convert your soul. You keep speaking that word every day. Don't sit up and talk about nonsense stuff. Put away from you the forward mouth. That means in every area, not just healing. But if, if there are some things that you indulge in that don't edify, let the stuff go. Well, there's, there's things that we can pass up on that we do that we get locked into and we can't break away and get back to the word. I put the word first and keep the distractions at the minimum. I have a, a habit in my house. I don't turn on this. See, I'm the only one with a TV on my floor because my bedroom's on the first floor. And so I don't have to be bothered with the television on all the time. You know, by everybody else that wants to watch it. I said, you want to give the devil all your time, have at it. (laughs) But I ain't participating. You know, they know that. They know that for me for a long time. I might turn that television on maybe at 6 o'clock if I'm interested in the news. Most times I'm not because it's not news. I can get what I need. Other sources, God always tells me what to do. Now there are some websites that I'll I'll visit sometimes to see what they say about things. But they're always related to things that are of interest to us as far as prayer is concerned. I'm interested in all these crazy people out protesting and trying to say the elected president is illegitimate. See, I pray about that stuff and I want to see that stuff stop. Because if we start dethroning elected officials in this country, then we've had it. You know, that's the essence of our republic. That we are a government for the people, by the people, and of the people. Elected officials come and go. But you can't take them away once people have legitimately elected them. And then that kind of stuff you have to pray against. Because you don't think it will happen here. It didn't used to be this bad never been this bad before and so we have to put a stop to certain things so where i can get legitimate news i will but i'm not married to that television i don't have to keep it on all the time in fact i keep it off most of the time and you select what you want to hear you select what you incline your ear to you select what you want to be subjected to 
And most of the time I am attempting to put more word in and not be distracted. See, to me that's a distraction. It's not an interest. I'm going to say it again. It's a distraction and it's not an interest. I'm not interested in that stuff. You know, I mean, we've got to get ourselves converted, folks. You're here to be an ambassador for Christ. That's your first job. Once you fulfill that, you've done everything you can. you got souls won and all that. Then you can go get distracted by some lollipop stuff. And I'm not telling you how to live. I'm just telling you what's, what's right and what makes sense to me. You know, if you get up every day intent to serve God, your body will follow suit. Your body will be fit to serve God too. Your body will be healed. You you set apart. You set your heart to go and share healing with somebody, and go tell somebody about Christ. You know your body will fall in line with that. At least you won't be so concerned about how it feels, and what the doctors say. You'll be more involved in sharing eternal things, and get your mind off the temporal. I mean it's. That's how I got healed. I remember getting involved in women's ministry and I couldn't believe that I was sitting there doing that after what I had been through for the last five years. I couldn't believe I was well enough to be concerned about helping somebody else. And I remember this lady was saying, well, I work at a a shelter and and we just make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for people. I said, I'll go. (laughs) and on the way to making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches the Lord said no I got something else I want you to do see just being willing will promote you you got me so instead of going there I went there and I ministered to a couple of women I I was felt to go to a girl I knew she had a a business and I was going to visit her and drop off some newsletters or something like that and and so I went to visit her and there were two other women in there that were going to a doctor down the hall in this office building and um, when they came in I just looked at them I said do you know Jesus and this one woman started weeping and she said I said do you know I said the word says you have to be born again and she said, you know what? She said, my girlfriend was just telling me about a born-again church she goes to. She said, she looks so happy. And she's so different. And, and I thought to myself, I need that. She said, but I was ashamed to ask her. See, God knows, folks. God knows. And so I've always been willing then. Since then, I realized, I said, God, there's a lot for us to do. I said, I never would have thought of just expecting you to show up everywhere I go and there be somebody there to minister you understand what I'm saying see you got to be willing to step outside of your little place where you reside see when I was depressed I was I was closed in by the four walls that I was accustomed to and I it began it became a prison for me See, at first you stay away from people because you don't want to be bothered and they don't understand you and you're all exclusive. And then you start to build a prison around yourself. Satan's putting every bar in because after a while you're not feeling good. You wish you were different. You can't do this. You can't do that. You start barring yourself in. And what helped me was when I started to get better, 
I started to hunger more for God. And that hunger took me step by step into everything God wanted me to do. But you got to protect that hunger. You got to stay hungry for God. You got to stay in that place where you want more of the things of God. You're not finished yet. You're not complete yet. And so God keeps converting our our souls. He keeps turning us over into a greater knowledge and a greater understanding of Him. He is there to help us at all times. Proverbs 20 verse 12 says the seeing eye and the hearing ear God made them both. So he made your eyes to see both in the natural and the spirit. And he made your ears to hear truth. So you can hear exactly what God is saying at all times. All you got to do is stop and give it some attention. Like for instance when you hear a scripture instead of you know what happens when you hear scripture your natural ear will look for familiarity and it'll say something to it won't say it but it has this attitude about it oh that's familiar you heard that already and see that's your natural hearing and that's all he's capable of doing he decides if it's familiar or if it's not And he'll give you a check for the day if it's familiar. And if that's all you listen to, that's all you'll ever get. Is I heard it before. And that's why church people think they know everything already. Because that's all they ever hear is the carnal hearing. Y'all all all understand what I'm talking about. You've been there. You, you, You sit there and you pay attention for a minute and you hear familiar scripture. And I hate it when preachers say, oh, this is a familiar passage of scripture. You just put half the audience to sleep. You just gave everybody permission to not listen anymore. You don't preface God's word. It's not familiar. Because there's a depth of understanding in it that even you, Mr. Preacher, don't know. You can learn something new. And so your hearing ear, your spiritual ear though, if it gets inclined and gets in the job, it can hear more. Your spiritual ear wants to hear more of why, why God, why are you bringing this up today? If this is so familiar to me, why are you telling me again? There must be something more in it for me that I haven't gotten yet. And that's what I'm here to get. I'm here to get that depth of understanding. And so the hearing ear is what you want. You want to hear with your ears and then understand with your heart. Meditation and attention are what bring understanding. You can't get understanding with just, oh yeah, I heard that. I know that scripture. Yeah, you won't get understanding like that. You get understanding through meditation. You got to take it home with you. You got to feast on it. You got to remember it over and over and over again. You got to listen. You got to start speaking it to yourself. You got to start querying. Say, God, show me what that means. Show me what that means. Show me what that is. Lord, help me to understand that. We've gotten in the habit of thinking that if just by putting a tape on and letting it play, that we're getting something from God. And I'm here to tell you not. We have we check the phone periodically. We go and rustle a book. We go walk around. We go do a little this. You're all distracting yourself when you do that. You've got to give that word your full attention. 
That's why it's so important when you're in service to pay attention. Because here you can't get up and walk around. Well, not too much. You know, you, I know everybody gets to go to the bathroom at some point, but you know what I'm saying. You can't, you can't look at your phone, but people do that. You can't get distracted. But see, everything, every time you do that, you rob yourself of what. So get in the habit of just giving it your full attention. I'm not talking about because I'm preaching it. You need to give the word no matter. If, if it was a flea up here preaching the word, you should give that your full attention. You understand what I'm saying? And so so it's it's best to understand that there is hearing, there's hearing. There's seeing and there's seeing. So there's a spiritual seeing and a spiritual hearing. And there's then the spiritual understanding. And that's what you want. So this is a conversion process. You must be converted. That's why when you listen to the word, it doesn't heal you right away. You're not converted yet. How long does it take? How long you got? Got a couple minutes, couple hours, couple years, ten years. How long you got? See, you should be in it for however time should not mean anything to you. If you put God on a quick time schedule, you've lost half of what you're looking for from him. If you can only pay attention for a few minutes and get distracted and go back and then come back, you know, three weeks later, two months later and pick it up again. That's not attention. something you really want you stay with it until you get it so we have to the conversion process part of it is for you to speak heaven's language heaven calls those things that be not as though they are so there's your scripture for when the devil tells you what about your symptoms Well, what about that pain you feel? What about the doctor's diagnosis? What about, well, devil, let me tell you what about it. My faith calls those things that be not as though they are. When people ask you how you feel, girl, I'm calling those things that be not as though they are. It's the truth. You don't have to tell them I feel this and I, you don't, you, you don't have to acknowledge the devil's queries. Huh? Where they want to pump you and see if you can go, well, if I can get somebody over here that say they're sick like I say I'm sick. You don't do that to each other. You don't want to come into agreement with what something that's temporary and can change at any time. Huh? So, <clears throat> we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. How has that happened? By hearing the word of God. Meditating on it, confessing it, saying it. You get the most power when you say it in front of, on top of the symptoms. I remember Big Howard was, when they uh, had their own truck, he, uh, something happened. He was always snapping this or snapping that. (laughs) He said something fell on his foot. He said, Pastor Barb, I said, I felt, he said, it was the worst pain in the world. And he said, I thought to myself, I can't be sick. I can't take no time off work. And he started to walking on it and saying he was healed and walking. He said, by the end of the day, there was no pain. He said, no swelling. It didn't look bad. Nothing was there. Now, some people would say, oh, he should have gone and got an x-ray. Why? Why? 
he was sitting up waiting on a uh, <laughs> remember that time they were telling him he had heart disease or something he was and he went to get a catheterization three times the machine broke and he Nola was checking on him she said ah oh, he's still there I said well I said we just tell him I said tell him I said he can leave anytime he wants to she told him he said oh okay he didn't hear it the first time and so the machine they took him down again to do the test he said they said they have a doing so and so on and she said well pastor barb said tell you you can leave anytime you so he calls pastor shirley she said you can leave anytime. <laughs> so funny looking for a way to stay there and so he said, ah, he said, when it broke down three times, I said, shoot, I missed two days' work. I better get up from here. You understand what I'm saying? Just that simple, folks. That's what conversion is. He was converted to believe, and that was over ten years ago. If he's going to have a heart attack, trust me, it have caught up with him by now. You're either healed or you're not. You got me? You're either healed or you're not. Now, if you decide you're healed, you're healed. Well, well why do I feel? I, 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 you're calling things that be not as though they are. Heaven says you're healed. Who are you going to agree with? You're going to agree with heaven or you're going to agree with the doctors? Huh? Well, you know, sometimes doctors, they know what they know. You're going to somebody who created what they know. Who would you rather be in touch with? You know, I mean, seriously, when you think about this stuff, it's not hard to grab on that the word of God is superior to what you're dealing with in the natural. It's not hard. So to convert, it says, uh, let me see, oh yeah, the word transform. Now this is what's happening to us as we speak the word of God, confess the word of God, hear the word of God, put forward words away from us. And to transform means to change into another form or substance, state or product. So your mind is still your mind. It's changed into another form. So your mind in the carnal state is constructed to be geared to the natural. It sees the natural. It speaks to the natural. It believes the natural. has confidence in the natural. When you're transformed, God reworks your brain a different way. And the natural means nothing. It's the supernatural that starts to take place as far as your faith is concerned. And it's all because you started putting the word of God first and putting your attention. It's an attention thing. Married people get into trouble all the time the same way. You married and then some chick keeps rushing up in your face that you see every day. You give her attention or you tell her, you know what, i got something to do right now. Hmm? Right. And so if you decide to give that attention, pretty soon you don't like your wife who you don't give as much attention so much anymore. And you don't think it's any more simple than that. i got news for you. 
you talk to many of these people whose relationships go shipwreck and you'll find out it's the attention they give if you hadn't paid attention if I just hadn't been oh if I had quit gone straight home not gone to that bar it's an attention thing so that's all you're doing with the word of God you're giving it more attention than you give your symptoms don't cheat you think if you keep saying the word but you're thinking about sickness all the time that you're uh uh-uh you gotta get it out of your mind you gotta put far away from you those thoughts you got it's what you meditate on that makes all the difference so it means also to transform to persuade or induce to adopt a particular religion faith or belief so your spirit man is merely persuading your carnal mind to think like he's supposed to you're transformed by the washing of the water in other words the word is washing the devilish stuff out of your mind and putting the word of God there you have the mind of Christ you can draw from that any time but you can strengthen it mightily so that it operates in you all of the time it means also to change from one use function or purpose to another your mind used to give you trouble thinking of what's wrong all the time now all of a sudden it's expecting good things how about that it doesn't dwell on problems there are times when God will tell me he said now listen I'm taking care of this I don't want you to think about that anymore and I said okay Lord you're taking care of it he said I'll tell you when to think about that so when I bring it to you that's when it's time to do it you don't have to sit up and worry you do it because it's a habit most of the stuff we do is out of habit you change your habits God's word can help you change your habits to change from one use function or purpose to another so your mind used to bug you now it's your friend how about that <laughs> it used to be fraught with problems and what not what you can't do and what's impossible and now it's your friend it tells you about things to come good things to come it helps you hope in God it helps you know there's a good future for you all of that stuff where it used to criticize condemn put down and expect nothing but bad all the time to transform also means to undergo a change you're changing you can't you shouldn't want to stay the same way all the time look at all the possibilities we have in God look at all the things Jesus did we haven't done yet it, we're going to have to be transformed in, other, in order to be able to do those things. You know that and I do too. You can't be the same, think the same way, have the same desires and interests and so forth that you have now. I tell God sometimes, God, I'm going to put myself in this position. You know, open my Bible, no TV, no phone sitting there to distract me. I can go on social media nonsense and all that kind of stuff time wasting things no movies now i've been to movies in years i just don't go i think what they charge is obscene for what they show you you know if i I can get a free oldie on on something i haven't watched any but i know they have them if i want to really entertain myself that stuff they put out now is barely barely watchable for a christian 
You know, you sit up and watch half-naked people and well, this is yeah, 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 uh, 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 but over eighteen or over twenty-one or something. Just your age don't mean nothing. It's your kingdom. If that stuff ain't, if Jesus didn't show in that, if you're ashamed to look at it in front of God, don't be looking at it. If you're ashamed to do it and say it in front of God, don't be saying it. He's watching all the time. He sees what we do. But see, it doesn't help us in godliness. So you need more godliness points. And I do too, if we're going to go ahead and, and be everything that God wants us to be and do everything he wants us to do. So we've got disciplining. It's all it takes, folks, discipline. You make up your mind about something. Confession is easy to discipline yourself to. You can watch. You can. We do that now. You know, some things you don't want people to know you think and know you do. You don't even speak of them around people. You understand? Or you shouldn't. We're good at hiding stuff. And so, just do that with your confession. Just make up your mind. No, we're not going to say we're sick anymore. We're not going to say we wish we weren't this way anymore. You're not going to say that. What good does that do? But we're going to start calling those things that be not as though they are. You're healed. You're prosperous. You're full of power. You're full of faith. You're a laborer for God. You're looking for souls to win. You're looking for people to invite to church. You're looking for people to help to find their way to God. You're looking for those things. Look for them. They're out there. The good things of God are always out there for you. Amen. Father, thank you for your word and for understanding for what we know. To be the right things at all times, Father. We bless you. We praise you. We magnify you. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us with this day. You made it for us to rejoice and be glad in. Thank you, Lord. We honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. And praise God.